0: Listening to a no show radio production. Mind your ears while we unpack the
1: unusual.
2: They say the gods made us in their image. We think of this as a blessing. We think of ourselves as mighty and just, a mirror of the splendor we see in them. Not once do we consider the evils we inherited from them, too. Welcome, listeners, to the Facades of Gods. With me tonight, I have...
3: I'm Alex, and I play Giselle McNamara, formerly Harris,
0: formerly Pascal. My name is Bianca Zelda, and I will be playing Jada Jacques.
1: My name is Ethan Schaaf, and I'm performing as Clarence Bertram. And
2: I am Kyle, your master of fate tonight.
0: Daily Activity Report Reporting Officer, Jada Jacques After an overpriced taxi ride, myself Giselle McNamara and Clarence Bertram arrive at the bar called No Names. The bar itself seems familiar. It has a stage with a solo guitar player and around six civilians spread around the establishment. Timothy, the driver, he introduced us to the owner of the bar. His name was Kaito. Kaito was kind enough to direct us to where Lloyd spends his money. On the other side of the river, at elsewhere. I am so close to catching the man who killed my father.
2: So, you all are still in the no-names bar. Kaito has gone back into his office. What are you all doing?
1: I was finishing my drink.
3: Did we agree that we're going to go to the elsewhere, or did we really just cut at the...
2: I think both Officer Jacques and Giselle spoke about going to the elsewhere, but didn't bother to include Clarence (laughs) in that decision.
1: I think it was one of those things where you guys were starting to walk away, and I'm just still at the bar drinking still. I'm just like... I'm just giving one of those one fi- one moment fingers, just like <laughs> while I wash <laughs> off the bottle.
0: Um, I remember uh, Giselle did pay for our drinks, which was mm-hmm. surprising but generous.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right, because she's like, I've had money this whole time. Scrubs, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> incidentally, pretty much.
2: <laughs> and really, really, it's just a way for her to flaunt her
3: wealth.
2: At all, she's just showing off. Mm-hmm. I knew it. <laughs> Clarence is finishing up his drink, and the bartender has seemed to just walk off. The patrons that are there, they pay you no mind. They're all at the fringes of the bar anyway.
0: If you're both done having fun, I think it's time we go to Elsewhere, and I'm going to pointedly eye Clarence and Giselle.
1: Sure, what are you thinking?
0: Oh, I'm sure I could have fun at Elsewhere, too. Clarence, are you just about done your drink? Let's get going.
1: Yeah, yeah, just one one moment. Let me finish off here.
0: I'm going to turn to Giselle. I don't know if I can work with him if he's drunk. Look at him, he's still drinking.
1: (laughs) I just had a few beers. It's fine. It's like you guys don't have a tolerance.
0: Not while I'm working. Disregard the two drinks I just drank.
2: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. It's okay. You're off the clock.
0: Off-duty-duty. We were called, uh, I believe that elsewhere was within walking distance. Um, I don't love the taxi service here, and I'm not thrilled if I have to
3: contact them again. Oh, Timothy wasn't so bad, but we can just go for a walk around the block, I suppose.
1: Yeah, and if not, we can always come back here, and Kaido can take care of us even more.
3: You found a new home, haven't you, Clarence?
1: I'm always home where there's food and beer and music.
3: A simple man. All right, let's go.
2: So as you finish your glass, you see this hand just kind of pop over the bar and just take it from you. And it just like, you hear a clatter of glass, not breaking, but just clatter and a quick like wipe of the countertop. You never see anything more than an arm and a hand, just cleaning it up. As you walk out into the street, it's about as busy as it was when you got there, not not a, too much foot traffic there's more light off to your left and there's a corner that this that this light sort of peeks around most of the rest of the quote-unquote light is just from these incandescent bulbs off the street lights and hanging off of buildings you see this neon cross pretty far down the street no no words just a cross and somewhere in the
1: distance, you hear a phone ringing.
3: Clarence, I bet that's for you.
1: <laughs> no. It's your turn.
3: Was it that much fun?
1: It's just weird. I mean, I I took the first crank phone call, you might as well take the next one. Someone, at least.
3: I,
0: I kind of get the feeling we're being followed. I'll answer this one. I'll stalk over to the- I uh, presume it's a
2: payphone. Well, it's somewhere off in the distance, you're not sure of a direction
0: oh, so this might not even be a phone we can answer. It could be somebody's personal phone.
2: It is distinctly the same kind of ring that you would hear from a phone booth, but, I mean, those who do have personal phones, that is a ringtone that they would have, so you're not really certain whether or not it is coming from The same kind of payphone that Clarence answered.
0: Is the sound in the same direction that we're traveling to go to elsewhere?
2: I don't know. Which direction are you traveling?
0: Towards elsewhere.
2: And you got those directions from someone?
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Didn't we? (laughs)
0: Didn't we? No. (laughs) I hate this place. (laughs) I want to go home.
1: (laughs) Didn't... I thought Kaito gave us some sort of directions or something. Across the he river, said that it was, around the block.
2: Yeah, he said it wasn't far. Mm. Um, and that, yeah, it was just across the river. But... Is okay, that a so that means if, if,
3: river? No, if that means we have payphones, that means there's going to, need to be a phone book. So I'm going to find a payphone and find the phone book that's attached to it so we can find the map.
2: Um, so then I will need you all, if you're looking for this, I will need you to roll be it Overcome.
0: Okay, yeah, that seems to be the best, um direction for us to travel. Uh, we just kind of agreed upon this a bit unanimously after uh, I deduced that, like, yeah, that phone might be for us. I think we're being followed. Uh, I wouldn't mind using the phone book to look at a map so we can find out where elsewhere is located or get an idea of what district we're really in. Or an address,
3: even. I mean.
2: hmm Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyone who is looking for that ringing phone. Please. Roll me an overcome.
3: Two plus. Or plus two. That was
2: a weird way
1: of saying it. You're good. Uh, null. Zero. Hmm.
2: It's probably coming from around that corner where those lights are. It's sort of in that direction.
3: Okay. Shoulders squared. I'll march over. I give a testing step of my heels to make sure that they're still balanced. I'm not willing to break any second. You never can be too careful before following.
2: Of course.
1: And I trail off slumped up after them.
2: As the light grows and you're seeing more and more of the street, uh, you're seeing that it's not in very good repair. There are lots of potholes. There's trash. There is more people, though. And in particular, walking in your direction towards you, not looking at you, but just on the same side of the street, Uh, but walking towards you is a group of three roughly late teens, maybe early twenties guys. They're all wearing what looked to be letterman jackets and these cheap uh, Halloween costume devil's horns. And one of them has a baseball bat. Can
0: I discern any threat from them? Um... Yeah, I'm going to pose that question, then I have a follow-up, depending on your answer. And I'm willing to use a fate point for this under my aspect, hard-boiled detective, um, which just comes from my experience. I know what threatening thugs
2: look like. Okay. So, one of these boys, the one that's holding the bat, is definitely looking at your group, casting the occasional glance every now and then, this isn't necessarily hostile nature, but from your history with certain suspects, this is something that, yeah, you're you are familiar with this being something that someone who's pretty nervous, uh, who is nervous and who is armed, does.
0: I'm going to keep them in my line of vision, but I... I am off duty. I'm not working. Um, I believe I've just got like a jacket on over my um, tank top, which is what I was just wearing before. So I'm in no, I'm not really in a position of authority, but I'm still nervous. Uh, I'm going to glance back at my companions. You two stay close with me.
2: (laughs) She says as though they haven't been because, (laughs) you know.
3: (laughs) Oh, we have an option now, Clarence. Apparently we don't have to stay next to her.
1: Mommy dearest knows best, though.
3: Uh, Don't call I her the mommy. That's mom. <laughs> point, <laughs> I start a little further away from Clarence.
2: <laughs> so you pass each other, the two groups, without any interaction. Uh, you get from one of the boys, not the one that has the bat. Um, he looks at you, Jada, and right before he turns his head back, you see this smirk on his face. None of them break stride. They just keep going.
3: I toss my hair. Does all get any extra looks?
2: Well, he seemed to look at the group in general. It didn't feel like he was just looking at you, Officer Jacques.
0: Okay. Uh, do I see the... Uh, ideally, the payphone, and is it still ringing? And has anybody else tried to answer, or am I the only one that's kind of beelining for this?
2: Well, it seemed like you all were headed towards it Mm -hmm. and the ringing is definitely louder but you don't see the phone however a few buildings down and just over this small cobblestone footbridge you see a pair of or, or a set of french doors that are this gorgeous dark brown wood and filled with stained glass throughout and above those doors sit a white lettered backlit sign with a golden palm tree reading the elsewhere inherently it doesn't seem like it would be the brightest thing on the street being that all that light is only coming from the lighting the backlighting but it just draws your attention it commands your attention and it's gorgeous
0: where Relative to elsewhere is the payphone.
2: Sort of in that same direction is where you hear that ringing coming from. But it's like saying that the 160 degrees of your vision is the same direction. So you have, it. it's just out there in front of you somewhere.
0: Okay, I'm going to pause, uh, slow my step. Okay, here's the deal. I think we're trapped here. I think Lloyd might be our only way out. I don't want to bargain with that piece of shit, but it might come down to it. I don't know about you two, but I don't want to stay here forever. So I'm going to answer that noisy fucking phone, and then we're going to find Frederick Lloyd and get the hell out of here.
1: Oh, my officer, that's quite a lot of language coming from you.
0: Do I ever talk any differently, Mr. Bertram?
2: Yeah.
1: I yeah, know, it just seems you're a little more stressed than usual.
0: Look around us. I have no idea where we are. I don't think it would be normal to react otherwise. Where's your
3: sense of adventure?
0: Mostly went away with my sense of duty, and I have a job to work tomorrow morning, and I am going to look at my watch. I don't even know what time it is.
3: Are you sure they'll miss you?
0: <sighs> Not acknowledging that statement. Thank you. Do I have your cooperation as thus?
1: Yeah, yeah, I I get it. I just I've been lost before when I've been out of town. You're a regular local, so I mean, I get it you're not used to being out in the other elements. So, sure, I get it. But I do want to probably get back to my stuff and make sure that no one's done anything with my my equipment back at the back at the studio.
2: So, as a small amount of uh house cleaning. Considering the drinks that uh Clarence has had. Um now I'm not saying the others haven't, but uh Clarence has had a little bit more than they have. Um I would like for you to add buzzed as a mild <laughs> consequence, please.
0: Oh gosh. So Can I tell if Clarence is buzzed or does he still act normally? Because I have a task for him. But if I cannot discern his mild inebriation, I'm going to act as normal.
2: Okay, so I will answer this by a mild deflection. Um, How often does Clarence get drunk (laughs) or get, you know, at the very least buzzed?
3: Alcoholic, casual, light question.
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm a performer, so
3: <laughs> naturally.
1: I mean, <laughs> I mean, from the very beginning, I did have one at the bar when we before we got apprehended by oh
0: my
1: word. Uh-huh. Jada, and so I mean, I've kind of just been coasting on a beer for the last three or four hours that we've been doing this. So, I mean, well, and you
2: also you've also had uh, you had I a couple at the no names.
1: Yeah. If we want to take uh, the it into effect, I did have I did have two when we were there, so that's And those were probably, big mugs as well. Oh yeah, okay.
2: So Vegas style like
1: 3. I feel like I I'm feeling fuzzy, but I'm not to the point where I'm not going to trip over myself if that makes any sense.
2: He's buzzed. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so, I would say you probably don't discern that this is all him, like he's off his game at all um, because you've probably Yeah, exactly. You have probably interacted with him enough times while he's buzzed and while he's sober to not really be able to tell the difference, I guess. Or not. Yeah. You've, you've interacted with him probably more while he's buzzed. So this is actually more normal him.
0: Yeah. Okay. Clarence, I need you to enter elsewhere and discreetly see if you can locate Frederick Lloyd. Does he know what you
3: look like?
1: I mean, I know of him. I mean, I I mean I work at one of his bars, so I don't know. I know what he looks like.
0: Oh. I mean, yeah, Giselle, I didn't realize you did. If you're comfortable, I don't want to put you in a position where it would jeopardize your safety.
3: I'll I, be only murdered my husband. I'm sure I'll
0: be charmed, really. Once again, if this is something you're comfortable with, I would appreciate your assistance in this task. However, I asked Clarence first because I don't want to put you in a position where you could be unsafe.
1: Well, I'm glad we're looking out after her safety, but not mine. That's, that's this nice. comes down
3: to, I mean, yeah, gender it politics. It is the 90s. Jada, that's sexist. It's
1: actually (laughs) considerate, but you're
3: welcome. We could always try it together. I, yeah,
0: if you two want to enter in, uh, please go into separate directions. Don't stick together. That makes you stand out more. I'm going to answer that payphone. I can't. That ringing is going to give me a headache and we will meet back up. You can't miss me.
1: (sighs) At this point, I've already started walking towards the door. (laughs)
3: Oh no! I have to go to the pretty bar. Whatever shall I do? Don't get lost, Jada.
1: Just grumbling underneath my breath, just because I get told to go do these things. Just no, no. No one asks Clarence what he wants to do. No, it's always what they want him to do. Sure, yeah. Might as well just you know be the scapegoat to everyone's hopes and dreams. Yeah, let's do this. Fine.
2: So we have Giselle and Clarence making a beeline for. The elsewhere,
3: making a beeline. I am walking confidently, and at my own goddamn pace.
2: <laughs> I'm hey, dragging my it's feet. Still, it's still a straight line. Uh, meanwhile, Officer Jacques, let's let's handle that first.
0: Okay.
2: So you hear this ringing, sort of coming from the general direction of where you're walking. As you get closer, you've all had to travel over the footbridge, and you could hear it echoing off of the walls. These old city walls. And it appears to be coming from somewhere off to your right. A little alleyway that you probably wouldn't have noticed unless you were looking for the source of this sound. Are you proceeding down?
0: Oh yes. On a mission.
2: As you walk down the alleyway, you're not 100% sure, but it almost seems to respond to you. As you enter, nothing moves, nothing even really changes as you think about it, like logically, nothing nothing changed about the alleyway, but you move in and you get this sense that it recognizes your presence there. As you proceed down, you have to make a left and a right, twists and turns, the buildings are getting closer and closer together, and it sort of empties out into this back lot where The backs of three buildings sit, and it's an old phone booth. Really old, dilapidated, paints peeling off the side. But it's ringing. It works.
0: I'm going to march over and yank it off the hook and answer what?
2: There is silence for a moment. What is your confession?
0: Who is this and what do you want with me?
2: You didn't recognize- no, no. What is your confession?
0: No, how about who am I speaking with?
2: In the same manner that Clarence heard a lot of angry gibberish and then a weird static sound, you get that same noise you understand more now what he meant when he was describing it. And it almost rattles inside your brain. It's quiet enough in the alleyway that the speaker, like the sounds from the speaker, are echoing from there. And then it goes dead.
0: I'll look at the phone for a second. What the fuck? And then I'll slam that on the hook.
2: When you slam it, the receiver and phone and cord and everything just disassemble. Like, the slightest breeze would have shaken this thing apart. And when you do so, it becomes, from what you can tell, inoperable.
0: Is there a phone book that remains?
2: There may have been there's a chain on the side of it, but it's rusted, and nothing hangs on it.
0: Darn, no map. all right. I'll head over to elsewhere all
2: right before you get there. Clarence, yes, and Giselle, who's going in first, and are you going in at the same time, or I was like how's is, how's is that how's that happening?
1: Well, I feel. I was already making my way towards the door while they were still discussing things, so I feel like I've probably still, even though I'm taking my time and kind of reluctantly going, I'm still probably ahead of Giselle by a few paces or something like that.
3: Yeah, I I I don't have an issue letting you go first. I make a show of, you know, pulling out the compact, making sure I look as good as
2: ever. (laughs) Take your time, darling. Indeed.
1: (laughs) I do start to straighten myself up a little bit more when I get to the door, tighten up my tie a little bit better, and make uh, push, the push or pull the door open and go in. All right, so I go up to the door, and then I press down on the latch and swing inside with my shoulder to get in one of the doors.
2: There's a solid purple wall right in front of you. Now... As to what you know for bars, this is normally a sort of reception area where, you know, they you, you would normally get carded. You either, you know, pay for entry or, you know, how however it it typically works because um, some, some clubs are different. It looks like this area is set up for that, but there's no desk. There's no person waiting for you there. There's just a wall, and there is an open threshold on either side of this wall, to your left and to your right.
1: I swung with the right door, so then I'm just going to go diagonally over to the left entry.
2: Okay. So you make your way in there, and I still have to ask, so how much time are you giving Clarence before you're following him in?
3: Just uh, like- Probably about like five minutes.
2: Okay. So you walk in, And inside is a large open room, sparsely populated with chairs and tables, but clear in the center where a vaulted ceiling and sunken floor is made bare for the patrons. An awning and angular columns separate the main floor from the seating area, where roughly two dozen patrons are present and currently enjoying each other's company. Across the room in the back is a large window that runs from wall to wall, housing what you would probably think is the dj's setup and a wall of very exotic and very expensive looking drinks the whole room is bathed in a royal purple save for the floor which is underlit with white and gold and the ceiling which is a hodgepodge of weaponry that you recognize as throughout throughout history swords guns everything in between and they're all melted together into this large slab in no sensible order there's a balcony above the window to overlook the main floor and another set of double doors behind that wrought iron balcony uh guardrail which leads to who knows where
1: wow um okay uh uh is there a table kind of within a little bit that's available like just a little like Two-seated table or space at the booth?
2: There are a bunch of standing tables uh, near the uh, dance floor. And then there are uh, sitting tables, which each have probably either two or three chairs, but those tables aren't very big either. So having any more than that would be uh, a little tight. So would you rather be at a standing table or... Uh, off to the side where one of those uh, Seated tables are
1: uh, I'm gonna Go off to the side where the seated tables are So I can blend in a little bit Without Standing in the middle of too many things
2: Alright You find your seat and you begin Watching After a short time, Giselle You make your way through the door Where do you go? I take a right Hang a right? Mm-hmm. You're sure? I'm positive, positive? Okay so you hang a right. and in all the same senses that I describe the room with its furnishings and patrons, that's what you see. The colors are inverted, though. Uh, the white and gold is this uh, sort of black and gray, and everything like, except for um, that, that purple is actually now a red. And that black slab of weaponry is this white marble slab.
3: Okay, uh, I think it's important to note that even though I'm not expecting, or you know, no one's expecting me in particular, I step in as confidently and as much of a man-eater expression on my face as possible. General club girl on the hunt. I need a drink, because that's what people do at clubs. And since no one's gonna take my jacket, I might as well get a drink.
2: As you entered, you know who you were looking for. You were looking for Lloyd, but you didn't see him. And from what you could remember, Clarence, of what people may have described him as, you didn't see that person either. You both are here for a while, roughly 10 minutes, and neither of you see each other. And that's where we're going to end it. Thank you for joining us. Tonight, we had...
3: I'm Alex and I play Giselle McNamara. You can find me on Twitter and any other social media at roll for alex Bianca
0: Zelda playing Officer Jada Jacques. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, pretty much any social media as at Bianca Zelda.
1: My name is Ethan Schaff. I play as Clarence Bertram and you can find me anywhere that matters. With the sign ET
2: Shaw. I'm Kyle, and you can find me on Twitter at Lord Kyle K. This has been a No Show Radio Production.